Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to a mini-episode of Cinematic Universe, the podcast that's all about comic book movies, brought to you by FilmDivider.com. I'm your host, Joe Cunningham, and I'll be bringing you a truncated version of the show to bridge the gap between our Scott Pilgrim vs. The World and Spider-Man episodes. On today's show, I'll give you my reactions to the comics that were recommended on last week's podcast. Those were Hopeless Savages by our guest Al Kennedy, Phonogram from Seb, and Clerks from James. But before we get to those, let's take a look at some of the comic book movie news that has broken over the past week. So after casting Tom Holland as Spider-Man and naming John Watts as the director of the solo Spidey movie last week, Kevin Feige has been talking about the film on the Ant-Man press tour. Then he told Birth Movies Def that the film will be taking inspiration from John Hughes to tell a coming-of-age type story. He also hinted that the film's villain would be one we haven't seen in the films before, which would rule out Green Goblin, Doc Ock, Venom, Sandman, Lizard, Rhino, Electro, and potentially Black Cat. Um, It has also been confirmed that we will definitely see Tom Holland's Peter Parker for the first time in Civil War, as expected. Um, And that's a movie that we now also know will star Leslie Bibb's Christine Everhart returning from the Iron Man franchise. Um, That cast list just keeps getting longer and longer. Other tidbits from Feige on the press tour include his prediction that some of Marvel's TV characters will eventually graduate up to the movies. He accidentally let slip that the title of the Guardians of the Galaxy sequel will be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. He confirmed that Marvel has held talks with Ava DuVernay about directing Black Panther, but that nothing is confirmed yet. But on the other hand, the rumours linking Kenneth Branagh to Thor Ragnarok are untrue. Um, He's also been speaking about lots of little plot details about Ant-Man and future Marvel movies. Um, But Google those. There's so many. There's so many. And they're all tiny and a little bit spoilery. After hinting heavily in its season two finale, we now know that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season three will definitely be tackling a secret warriors arc when the show returns on September 29th. Sky now known as Daisy Johnson, or Quake, will lead a sleeper team of super-powered characters in the show. Um, According to Variety, Coulson and Daisy will, quote, search the world for more super-powered people and assemble an extraordinary team to deal with threats unlike the world has ever seen. However, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will soon find out they're not the only one tracking down these new Inhumans. And for anyone who watched the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season 2 finale... 
we'll know that the uh, the fish oil is to blame. Tyrese Gibson has hinted that he may be set to play Green Lantern John Stewart in the DC Cinematic Universe, with the announcement of a Green Lanterns film in 2020 rumoured to be happening at Comic-Con. And yes, that is Green Lanterns plural, with Chris Pine's casting as Steve Trevor in Wonder Woman, uh, which happened recently, believed to be a cover for his casting as Hal Jordan in a movie that will see multiple Green Lanterns team up together. We'll have to wait on confirmation, but this one's certainly gathering some steam. Um, The other big rumour of the past week uh, came from Latina Review, who added fuel to the fire that there is a Fantastic Four and X-Men crossover in the works for 2018, depending on the success of the Fantastic Four movie that comes out this year. Whether it makes sense narratively or not to put all those characters in a movie together, from a commercial standpoint, it would seem crazy for Fox to pass up the possibility to establish their own shared universe if they can. So, if Fantastic Four is a success, I'd fully expect to see this happen. Okay, let's move on now to discussing this week's comic book recommendations. Okay, on to the comic books now, and we'll kick things off with Clerks, the comic books, which was recommended by James last week. Uh, Even though he wasn't on the show, he sent this recommendation in. And this is from Kevin Smith and Jim Mahfoud, and it is specifically Clerks, the comic book, the first issue of the three that are collected in Clerks, the comic books. Uh, The other two are The Holiday Special and The Lost Scene. And basically... Um, I think this recommendation works great because I have seen and watched Clerks and really like Clerks. The the rhythm of it and the the whole style of it was exactly in the vein of the movie. In fact, it felt like it could have taken place in a sequel to the movie or could have been a low-budget Clerks TV show. Yeah, it's, it's a great recommendation to come out of Scott Pilgrim. It's black and white, which again fits perfectly with the film. Um, you've got these kind of slacker characters. It's it's funny in exactly the way that the Clerks movie is funny, and it's got very naturalistic dialogue. In fact, yeah, it just it just feels almost like it is live action. So this follows Dante and Randall um, as they are going around uh, deciding to invest in Star Wars figures because uh, in the timeline of the comic and I guess when when it was first published, um, the original trilogy had just been re-released at cinemas. Uh, So Dante and Randall decide to invest in Star Wars collectible figures. Um, Not real ones because Kevin Smith could create some quite fun out there versions of Star Wars figures that they might be able to collect and um, they try and make a quick buck off of them. Spoiler alert, are eventually thwarted by Jay and Silent Bob who rob a truck and flood the market with figures. Yeah, it's it's great. It's really fun. Um, I haven't read the other two issues yet, but I ordered the book secondhand off Amazon for like uh, £2.50 and um, I'm going to read the other two because yeah this is really fun and it is um, exactly in the vein of all of the Kevin Smith stuff that I like. Um, The only thing that threw me slightly was trying to work out to begin with which character was Randall because um, while Jimifu's art is really great and yes Scott Pilgrim-esque and really really works well with Kevin Smith's dialogue Randall doesn't look as much like Randall as all of the other characters do look like their real life actor counterparts like I immediately knew I was looking at Jay and Bob and I immediately knew I was looking at Dante but uh, Randall uh, has quite a pointy face and it took me it took me a while to 
I was like, he sounds like Randall, is he? Yeah, okay, yes, he is. Um, so that was the only thing. But yeah, this is a really fun book. And um, I would recommend it to, yeah, basically, I think you probably need to have seen Clerks. But if you've seen Clerks and um, want more of that, then yeah, this would this would be the place to go. And I'm looking forward to reading the next two issues. Um, but that was almost an extra recommendation because James wasn't even on the show last week. Um, and I'll move on now to... Al Kennedy's recommendation, who was our guest host last week, um, and he recommended the first volume of Hopeless Savages, uh, which comes from Jen Van Meter and Christine Norrie. But this was, this was, I would say, um, um, as Al kind of described on the podcast last week, this is a comic about four kids who are the chi- the children of two like former punk rockers um one whose surname was hopeless and one whose surname was savage so they are the four of them the hopeless savages um and we're introduced to them through the youngest child whose name is skank zero hopeless savage um but who just goes by zero most of the time um, and she's the youngest, she's still living with her parents, but because she is playing loud music late at night, she doesn't realise when people turn up at the house and kidnap her parents. But she's telling, she is telling this story, it's from her POV, and she's telling it as she is making a film for film school. So she is kind of holding up pieces of cardboard to a camera, and then we're cutting away to, um, I guess, what you could either read as flashbacks or you could read as like reenactments that the the kids have got together to film um and so the rest of the family there is arsenal fierce hopeless savage who is zero's older sister there is then twitch strummer hopeless savage who is uh, an older brother who is an artist um she has a second brother called Rat, uh, but Rat is the black sheep of the family because after being rejected by a girl when he was younger, he kind of left the family um, and moved to the city to go work for a big coffee company um, and is very successful at doing that. But um, the rest of the hopeless savages... Um, kidnap a rat and bring him back in the fold into the fold and try and deprogram him so he's got so that he can rejoin them um and help them get their parents back uh which eventually he does um and again i think this uh, i mean this is another black and white comic another comic where um it does some really great work with uh, the art does some really great work with facial expressions so you get gags in panels just simply from how characters are looking and um, I would say it is primarily a comedic book. I'm not sure whether there was, there was a, a lot more depth to it that I'm missing but I just kind of enjoyed what was on the surface in this one. Um, I liked spending time with those four characters um, and I liked again that it, it seemed a little bit to me like Scott Pilgrim that maybe the main story was a metaphor for what was going on below the surface and that maybe this wasn't actually a story about when their parents were kidnapped for nefarious reasons. Um, but maybe it was a story about something, a metaphor for something happening in the family that caused their kind of prodigal son to return to the family um, and for them all to kind of reunite again. I mean, whether you know whether that's the way you read it or not, I think the, the surface story is still really fun. I pretty much enjoyed this from start to finish and would be interested in reading the second volume. Um, and especially the, the 
book, the Cometsology volume, ends with a collection of kind of short stories from other artists interpreting those characters and just a couple of little more character details here and there. Um, and I realised that basically I quite liked all four of these characters. And while I enjoyed this story being told with Zero as the lead, um, I, I could have I could have enjoyed a little bit more from all of them. Um, it's very punk rock and it's very um, it's very committed to punk rock being the right way of life and you know there are no there is no doubt that our heroes are our heroes and when they go and get rat there is no question that him leaving a leading a functional normal life being successful in his chosen field um for a big company is bad and he needs to return to his family um so you i think you've kind of got to be on board with that punk rock um (laughs) mindset going in uh but yeah this is this was a really fun story and i enjoyed reading it and yeah i would be i'd be up for more and it is again a comic that um, I could really see the Scott Pilgrim connection in. And that brings me to the final recommendation of the uh, of this week's show, which is Phonogram, which uh, comes from Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey. And this is actually volume two of Phonogram, which Seb recommended was the best way to start. And volume two is called The Singles Club. And essentially, The Singles Club is... Um, seven issues that kind of take place on the same night with interlocking characters. Yeah, and the, each issue, so each issue kind of follows a different character, but in this indie club. And so, something which I quickly became aware of was that, was that this was kind of a, a world that had. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Some magic to it, which which becomes very clear in the in the first issue, and I think actually. 
the first issue, it took me quite a while to kind of adjust myself to the speed of this comic. And actually, after having finished it and read a little bit more about it, I think that maybe I, it would benefit me to go back and read through it and maybe read through it a little bit more slowly, which actually probably is one of the drawbacks of doing, of reading comics and talking about them on a podcast like this, is that I do all of this in like the space of a week and less sometimes. And... Um, Sometimes I really wish I could spend a little bit more time poring over them before I talk about them. Um, and each comic also, each issue kind of also has a relevant song, uh, I found. And I'm not a huge music guy, and I'm certainly not a huge current music guy, and that extends kind of back 10 years. So a lot of the music that was being discussed in this, I didn't know, uh, which made it interesting to go back. Um, I actually found a Spotify playlist that Kieran Gillen had put together, or that at least said was put together by Kieran Gillen on Spotify, to listen to to give myself a little bit more of an idea of the stuff that was uh, that was being danced to or was being listened to in the club. So the first issue follows Penny B, uh, who she just loves to dance, and her power of her magical power seemed particularly strong compared to the other characters, and she kind of wanted to um, she kind of liked to influence people through her. Um, through her dancing she's got a Gwen Stacy look which I actually definitely thought for myself uh, before I got to the end of the comic where there was a little like character notes section written by Kieran Gillen where he's like oh yeah if her comic book nearest comic book character would probably be Gwen Stacy and I was like yes I spotted a reference um, <laughs> but so that that issue is all about her dancing and the way that music kind of just makes her feel and makes her want to dance uh the second um issue is about a character called mark who hears a song which reminds him of an old flame and kind of just transports him into a funk as he kind of remembers a night they spent together at this club um the third issue follows uh, a character called Emily Astor, who I'm, a, um, who I believe is from the first volume of Phonogram, and uh, she is at the club with David Cole, who again I think is kind of, uh, I think he might have been the focus of the first volume, which I'd be interested to go back and read after this because, as much as I probably agree with Seb that maybe I didn't need to read it, um, uh, it maybe would have helped me. Um, get my head around the rules of this world a bit more, and and the magic side of it, and uh, and the phonomancy, as it's called in the in the in the comic, the magic side of things. Um, but Emily Astor, the music that she hears in the issue, kind of reminds her of a person that she used to be, and she kind of has a conversation with that girl in the mirror. Uh, then we've got Seth Bingo and Silent Girl, who are the focus of the fourth issue, and they are the DJs at the club. And at the club, they have um, established the rules that um, everyone must dance, um, that there are no boy singers, and for no magic. Um, and basically, you spend the issue with them trying to trying to get people dancing and trying to pick the right songs and interacting with people about the music. Oh, and there is a great panel towards the end of the fourth issue where Seth and Silent Girl are chatting in the DJ booth and she says, uh, this isn't about looking good. This isn't about making people like you. This isn't about stealing a new you. This isn't about uncovering knowledge buried in a pop song. Remember why we're here. And, uh, yeah, at the bottom of the page it says, no magic, just music. Um, uh, so issue, um, so move on to issue five, which is about a character called Laura Heaven, who kind of speaks in uh, song lyrics and kind of ha seems like is a person whose personality is made up of 
kind of imitating other people and taking little bits of her personality from different places, which is kind of most apparent in the song lyrics. And she and her relationships with Penny um, and Lloyd, who is the focus of the sixth comic, are particularly uh, notable in that one. Uh, Lloyd is a character who, um, in the sixth comic, he's had this idea, this great idea that he thinks would be great for music, but he's kind of obsessed with one band and um, the, the commerce and because of the zine kind of d- d- digging into the meaning of music and... Um, getting bogged down in almost the critical side of it um, until he is given a song recommendation by David Cole, which for the first time makes him smile and get up and dance. Um, And then the seventh issue is called Wolf Like Me, which follows a character called Kid With Knife, um, who is kind of curious about phonomancy in the first issue, in the first page of his issue. And David Cole, again, kind of just explains how it works to him. Um, And he's like... Oh, oh, that's music. Hell, everybody does that. And then just kind of goes off and has a wild, fun night and kind of doesn't doesn't have any inhibitions about him the whole time. Um, and it's a, just a really fun, almost wordless, just visual issue, which is, it was it was kind of a, a fantastic way to finish it. And then there is a, at the end of the volume, there is an enormous glossary of all the songs and stuff that was included. And then a great section on the making of Singles Club. So yeah, that's the content. And what I would, I would really like to go back and uh, go through this like maybe a little bit slower because it be I found it really interesting that actually that this was this was a comic that was just kind of in each issue kind of talking about a way that music can make you feel and I'm not a huge music person but I I can still readily readily associate with those particular feelings and the first the first comic is a certain song that comes on and just makes you want to dance yeah absolutely i heard that a song that reminds you of someone that maybe you don't want to be reminded of that like maybe you you hate it every time it comes on because it takes you back to a time in your life that was that was great and is now gone or a time in your life that you don't want to remember i mean just on a very basic level i have songs that remind me of playing certain video games or maybe certain drives that i took in the car um and certain people as well so yeah i could i could i could definitely see that um songs that remind you of a different person that you were before um like I used to listen to a load of pop punk music when I was 15, 16 years old. And so whenever I hear any of that kind of music, it reminds me of the type of person I was when I was 16. And I don't think I'm that person anymore. So yeah, it was all of these kind of, all of these feelings and all of these, these ideas that were very gracefully explored through phonogram absolutely rung true. Now I did actually feel that, maybe a lot of the time those concepts were very simple like hey this is an issue about how music makes you want to dance and yes that is that that is on on the face of it what the first issue is and it's not it's not it doesn't seem like a, a huge thing to be able to hang an issue around and and because you're not really telling stories a to z stories you're just kind of following a character as they have an experience on one night and more dealing with the interior emotions of a character rather than any kind of plot and so and what what made it then interesting for me was then looking at the uh reading the end of the comic and seeing how carefully a lot of these have been constructed and how that this the playlist for the night in the indie club had been you know it'd been you know Kieran Gillan and Jamie McKelvey knew exactly what song was on at each time in each scene 
or, or in each panel which song was playing or which part of which song was and how where characters interacted and all that kind of stuff and then the details in the background oh and i have to stop and say because i always forget to say this but jamie mckelvey's art is stunning and it's probably i mean just in that first issue when you've got penny dancing around and penny being this kind of really good looking girl but who goes and dances and yeah she's a pretty blonde girl dancing but it is kind of hypnotic and when her eyes turn it, I just I loved the artwork this is one of the best one of the art styles I've enjoyed the most since I've started doing this uh, these kind of comic book re- reviews on the podcast but yes yeah, so to go back to the that idea I was exploring before that, that there is all this there is all of this kind of attention to detail and I think intricacy to this comic but weirdly the the almost the text of the comic at times is actively asking you not to invest in that it's kind of saying just enjoy it like so it's the same with the music as it is with comics as it is with any art that look read this and enjoy it let it sweep over you or let let it make you feel something and if you want to go back afterwards or if you want to if you do want to spend time appraising it critically that's fine but that might not be the best way to enjoy it um i thought it was i thought it was very interesting for something that was so intricately constructed and constructed so clearly with so much care that actually a lot of the message of the thing was hey just just enjoy it let it wash over you let it let it make you feel a certain way um and speaking of that actually um Seb has written about Phonogram, the first and second volumes on panel beats um, in recent weeks um, from a very personal perspective. Um, so I would I would recommend that you seek that out because that's that's that for me was a really interesting thing to read after having read this. Um, and actually, just on another note, I'm hoping that I'm, I'm going to go through all of the music re- that is referenced in these comics and stick it on a Spotify playlist and figure out what, what I might like because I've got so little musical knowledge that basically everything that is mentioned in this is a potentially cool new song that I could listen to. So I'm going to go do that. Yeah, I think that I think that's a kind of a thumbs up recommendation for all of the comics on this week's podcast. Um I, I couldn't tell you, I, I, I think I probably had the most, like, consistent fun reading Hopeless Savages start to finish. Um, but Phonogram was a little bit like um, stuff like All-Star Superman, that it kind of took me three or four issues to get through, or that I would go through one issue and not really get it. And it would only be, like, during the next day, kind of thinking about it, or having a chat to James or Seb on email and saying, huh, so that issue, what's it? And then them telling me something about it and going, I mean, kind of thinking, oh, yeah, that is interesting. And again, just reading the stuff at the end about about kind of the planning and the process that went into making this from Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey kind of made me appreciate it a little bit more as well. Um, so yeah, a thumbs up from all of these for me. Um, and yeah, I kind of want to read more of all of them. Um, but we'll see, we'll see whether I get time between, um, this and the next mini episode where hopefully I'll have some great Spider-Man comics to read coming off of our Spider-Man podcast. Uh, but that is for two weeks from now. Um, and that is it for this week. So don't forget that the next episode of Cinematic Universe will be covering Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi's 2002 film Spider-Man. If you're enjoying the show, then please do subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, or your podcast app of choice. 
And if you've already subscribed, then please leave us a rating or review and we'll give you a shout out on a future show. You can find more episodes of Cinematic Universe on cinematicuniverse.libsyn.com or, as we're a Film Divider podcast, at filmdivider.com. You can get in touch via Facebook, on Twitter, at CU underscore podcast, or send us an email to cinematicuniversepod at gmail.com. See you next week. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 